0: Now, what was put on the table in Durban last year was a process to bring the entire world to a new, uh, a new treaty on climate change that would include the emerging economies, developing economies, developed economies, um, and in, in a comprehensive agreement on how the world was going to go forward with climate change mitigation and how it was going to go forward with adaptation to the climate change that we're already committed to um, because of the greenhouse gas increases in the atmosphere. Now we're moving into a second commitment period. Things were a bit rushed in Durban, so they agreed to a second commitment period and what they're supposed to discuss here is what are the emissions reductions targets for that second commitment period.
1: How much weight or how much influence can the African delegates endure? How much can they bring to bear in order to, to influence uh, the western industrialized nations, uh, in order to reach this very necessary compromise?
0: I think the empowerment of of Africa in these negotiations has really been been growing over the past uh, five, six, maybe maybe ten years. Um, The African voice is being heard more clearly and and Africa has um, been much better about articulating and understanding where its interests are and and, um, pushing the climate change negotiators to pay attention to their issues. the, the key issue that, that's not being paid attention to here is, is adaptation to climate change, and th- we see m- many more resources being mobilized to reduce emissions and, and many fewer to, to support the adaptation.
1: What do you mean by um, that, um, Louis, when you say adaptation to climate change, just so that we're not using kind of NGO-speak?
0: Certainly. So, so, there's a certain amount of climate change that will happen even if the world were to get its act together and, and um, put in place meaningful mechanisms to reduce emissions. Okay, which isn't happening, but, but even if they were to do that, a certain amount of climate change is already built into the system. And African farmers, which are very dependent upon rain-fed agriculture, for example, uh, I guess about 70% of, of Africans earn their livelihoods from rain-fed agriculture. They're going to be significantly impacted by the climate change that we're already committed to. So they need to be able to adapt their systems. You know, If rainfall is going to increase, they need to be able to, to deal with more flooding conditions. If rainfall is going to decrease in their area, they need to be able to deal with, with more droughts. If there's increased variability, they need to be able to, to, to accommodate that by, by diversifying their, their systems so that they actually get a harvest and they get a meaningful livelihood every single year out of their, their farming systems. And they need support for doing this. Some of it is technology transfer. Some of it is seeds and fertilizer. But some of it is also better spatial planning, better planning of how landscapes are used so that that farming communities can get what they need out of much wider areas than they currently are getting to, to sustain their livelihoods.